0: It reminds me of the exact stereotype that a lot of Europeans have of Americans that we're all just cowboys, which honestly is fair.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Eurowhat, episode number 153 for the week of April eighteenth, 2022. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. And our special guest, Brie Booker. Hey, Brie.
0: Hey, how's it
1: going? Good. We are a group of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about the middle section of this year's second semifinal. Welcome back to the program, Brie.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. It's so great to be back with you guys.
2: So how has your Eurovision season been this year?
0: Oh, it has been so busy. I have fallen head, um, I won't say head over heels because some of the national finals weren't worthy of that. Uh But um, (laughs) my VPN definitely earned its, its keep. So yeah, it has been very, very busy, but I'm so excited for the competition coming up.
2: Are you making the trip to Turin this year?
0: I wish, but unfortunately, Airbnbs are just so expensive right now. So yeah, that's, the only downfall, but if I could go and just party in the Euro village, I would totally do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially with the way that they, it sounds like they're having it set up this year where it's like they've got this giant park for the Euro village and then they're spreading out the Euro Club across like nine or ten different locations. So it should be pretty hopping in turn during Eurovision Week. I don't know.
1: We are continuing our coverage of the second semifinal this week. Our first song today, San Marino. They are sending Achille Lauro and his song Stripper. So some fun facts about Achille Lauro is he won the initial edition of Una Voce per San Marino, which that was a very fun national final to watch. I'm glad that San Marino tried that out.
0: Yeah, it was very interesting. Um, It kind of took me back to the the first seasons of X Factor and American Idol with those audition processes. So that was fun. Oh,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where there was a lot of figuring out as they were going along. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yes. And then Achille Lauro was also at this year's San Remo Festival in Italy. So just sort of hedging his bets and trying to get to Eurovision any way that he could from that San Marino performance the uh, the vatican was not a fan i i clicked through on this link mike and google translated the response and it was very funny we get that he's using catholic imagery and like come on other people have done it better no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was like the general tone to me and that could have just been google translate adding its own flavor on top of that
2: yeah if you're going to be sacrilegious at least be original about it come on so <laughs> come on
1: <laughs> come on This just seems like a great time to bring back our favorite website, FamousBirthdays.com, where he is the number one rapper born on July 12th. So like a couple levels of filtering happening there, but uh, he's number one. Uh, He's the the number six rapper born in Italy, two spots behind Blanco, who is part of Italy's act this year. Oh, wow. So Brie, what is your feeling on this one?
0: I am of two minds because I love Achille. His presentation is just so audacious. So loud, so out there, but also just with this like cool chicness about him. He is really just selling this package for me. The song is basic, like the lyrical content is very just kind of like "I love Britney" or um, "You're." I, I can't remember the rest of the the lyrics because I'm thinking in Italian and English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's it's very simple. So. I know that the, like, kind of glam rock trend is what we expected uh, via the monoskin effect, but, yeah, it it's okay for me. It's It's kind of sitting in the middle for me.
1: Okay. Mike, how are you feeling about this one? I
2: appreciate this song's presence and that San Marino's weird process kind of created the pathway for this to be in the conversation, because if San Marino did a fully internal process... I don't think they would have chosen this. No, and I can't. And since there wasn't a public vote element to Una Voce per San Marino, I don't think that would have worked either. So yeah, I, I'm just very interested in how this is going to do. Because it's like, oh, this is just kind of different. And yeah, it, it, it'll be a fun little science experiment.
1: I just like that through like some random set of circumstances, this is now in Eurovision.
2: Yes, exactly. And Brie, I like that you refer to this as being basic because i've been doing italian duolingo since monoskin one <laughs> and uh yeah like a- as i was preparing for this episode it's like oh i actually understand some of this song <laughs> 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 it's just like oh I, it's gonna be great it's it's filling me with a little bit more confidence so there is that but yeah i have no idea how this is going to do at eurovision because like Achilles, he doesn't really do anything for me but like the fans are very very into what he's doing so oh, um, yes. more more for them so
1: <laughs> yeah yes yeah well, I feel like that's where we, like when when he won that's where we both were like it's just like okay like I get why this does something for people but I'm not one of the people this does something for
2: yes and and I'm happy that they're happy so- <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly I'm I'm happy
1: for them I'm happy for Akile because he clearly wants to go to Eurovision Brie I just fully agree that he's very good at the visual presentation but like this song is Is just, it's basic, listening to the first of the house parties that that dropped last week where he performed another song of his, Rolls Royce. I'm just like, okay, so this is just the type of song he writes, and the type of song he writes is just like he's been locked inside of, like, a hard rock cafe and is just listening to things (laughs) on the walls. (laughs)
0: That would explain his mullet.
1: It's just like a weird mishmash of, like, rock and roll and Americana stereotypes. yes. And like, it's just, it's just a list of them. Like, again, it's just very stream of consciousness. It just does nothing for me. I have no clue what the stage presentation is going to go like. I know there's like a very specific quadrant of the internet that's just ready for him to be on stage. But like, I have no clue what the larger people tuning into Eurovision are going to make of this.
2: Yeah, because I mean, I think if it's going to be like the performance that he gave at Una per San Marino, I think that's just going to be kind of boring, particularly considering all of the other bands that are in this year's field feels like there is a lot of staging potential for this song, so hopefully San Marino has the budget to realize some of those dreams. Yeah. I don't like, know. I feel like yeah. I feel like they're
1: v- playing this very close to the chest, but yeah. it could also be a case of they don't know what they're doing either. <laughs> this feels like it has the potential to get mistaken for like an interval act, just because he's very Italian. He j- feels very much of a piece with monoskin and sort of oh we heard you like monoskin so here's like another glam rocker from italy
0: yeah that would be the unfortunate comparison and unless they step up the staging I, I hope honestly that he's swinging from a pole and singing at the same time that would step it up for me
1: if you're going to call it it's stripper we know that he likes performing without a shirt on just like give just give him a pole let like <laughs> let, let's do that
2: it's just a recreation of the sequence from hustlers uh with uh, <laughs> <laughs> which really if that happens 12 points you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. i was, I was <laughs> about to say like
1: that that i mean yeah. i feel like we should just like uh like get in san marino's dms and be like hello have you considered this yeah
2: you the <laughs> light shines am no. not, the same, no. I'm not the same, no. uh, So, next up in the lineup is Australia and Sheldon Riley with the song Not the Same. Sheldon won Australia Decides, and that is not the first singing competition that he's appeared on. He did X Factor, he did The Voice, he also did America's Got Talent. I always dread when that pops up. <laughs> it's in, just, in like, our it's just like every time
1: it's like, ugh.
2: <laughs> it's probably most known for wearing uh, elaborate masks uh, while performing on stage. That was part of his get up when he was on America's Got Talent. Uh, did not seem to curry Simon Cowell's favor, which is fine. Going back to Famous Birthdays again, he is the number two Sheldon. He is the number 10 Riley. He is the number five person born on March 14th. Dream, what do you think of this entry?
0: Actually, this was my second place from Australia Decides. I was a huge proponent of Voyager's Dreamer. So I am okay with Sheldon representing Australia. I love his voice, and his voice is really what carries this package but the song which i understand the sentiment and i understand the story behind it the song kind of gives that x factor that american idol that australia's got talent essence it gives it that vibe it gives it a very showy vibe instead of a, a more genuine vibe even though we know that there's a story behind it so hopefully with sasha jean baptiste behind australia this year hopefully she can kind of encapsulate what the song is about because right now it's just like, okay, great. It's a great ballad sung by a guy, but we also have a lot of boys with emotions <laughs> throughout this year's contest. So so yeah, I, I, I love the song and I love Sheldon's voice personally, but for me, it's kind of like,
1: eh,
0: it could qualify. It couldn't qualify. I could see it going either way.
1: So this one is on the bubble for me as well like for similar reasons that like this very much feels like someone who's been on a lot of x factors and and idols and got talents it's a song structure that we just kind of know and like i respect that it's coming from like a very truthful place but it just like it just feels so self-serious and the two things that i keep mentally connecting it with is like a when the intro to this starts i get oh it's poland and then like no it's not poland that, that just, A, tells me that, like, of the, the two songs in the semifinal that feel similar to me, I'm leaning towards Ackman. But then also, vocally, and in, like, the song structure, it's reminding me of, like, a couple years ago when Lewis Capaldi was, like, popping up everywhere. Mm. Mm. But, like, Louis yeah. Capaldi also had this wonderful self-deprecating presence that I just get the impression Sheldon does not have with with the masks and with the just the again the seriousness of this i'm interested to see how how they change up the staging from australia decides but like it's just kind of falling flat for me
2: i get that i think back to when we discussed this initially and my knee-jerk reaction because i didn't really dig into the story of the song was that this was more of a queer narrative rather than having to do with being diagnosed with autism and yeah, just kind of thinking of like my own experience because I like, much like Sheldon, I'm also on the autism spectrum and queer and trying to balance all of that. And like, I get where he's coming from with this. And it's like, oh, there's a lot of stuff that I should be identifying with here. Uh, and the overwrought nature makes sense. I mean, like, Sheldon's 23, and I remember how frustrating my 20s were, but, uh, Yeah, it just kind of is putting me in the mindset of like the It Gets Better campaign, which I don't find is particularly helpful in most cases. And I I have to wonder if like 10 years from now, looking back on this, like if even he would be like, ooh, yeah, that was just kind of a lot back then. I don't know how the audience is going to respond to this, because I have a feeling the knee-jerk reaction is also going to be like, oh, this is a queer narrative and not the like extra layer that's in there. There are already many queer narrative identity songs in this semifinal, which is kind of unusual. Like we, We talked about I Am From Israel last week, and we'll be talking about Romania's entry next week. That's 3 out of the 18 songs in here. I can't imagine all 3 of them are going to advance and it's possible that none of them will advance. So, yeah, there's there's just a lot to kind of scratch your head about here.
1: I connect with what it's trying to do. I'm just not sure it's successful or that's going to connect on the night because yeah, like it just has a lot going on.
0: Absolutely. Honestly, it it gives me theater kid energy, like take me seriously, please.
1: Yeah,
2: and also like kind of going into like the Sia realm with like the wigs and the the masks are a lot, and it's an unnecessary obstacle. I think I, I like it's raising the difficulty bar, but like it's kind of in, in a self-owned sort of way. <laughs> like, like it's just like I, I, it's not helping, and I don't see that changing. Um, but yeah, like knowing that Sasha Jean Baptiste is behind this. It was kind of surprising when she was paired with Switzerland last year. That turned out well for Switzerland, so maybe maybe Lightning will strike twice. Let's hope. <laughs>
1: In the running order is Cyprus's entry from Andromache, Ela. Uh, Ela, much like the last few Cypriot entries, is an internal selection. Andromache competed on The Voice of Greece in 2015, and the songwriting team is just full of all sorts of writers. We have Greek, Albanian, Dutch, Swedish, Spanish, there's a big writers room on this, and that includes Alex P, who wrote Fuego and Replay. Uh, Andromache is not on Famous Birthdays, but I have to imagine she'd probably be like the number one Andromache if if she was.
2: Uh, maybe number two because there was the, the the character from Greek mythology, which uh, was really messing up with my Google searches. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't surprise me that much that it has Alex P. who wrote Fuego on Replay, just because it's just like whoever Panic Records decides to send, basically from from Cyprus. So of of course it seems like they have a go to stable of people. Uh, but Mike, what did you think? What how are you? How is how has this one grown or changed for you?
2: Um. Oh, that that is an interesting way to phrase that question, because I don't know if it's necessarily grown for me or not. Like, I I liked it when I initially heard it. I think she has a great voice, but I still don't think the song is all that sticky and just kind of floats there. And I'm not really sure what they're going to be able to do to kind of boost it to the front of people's minds. Like, I think staging is going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting here. And it's going to be, have to be something memorable enough to inspire folks to pick up the phone. And I don't know what they could do that's still going to fit the tone of the song.
0: I love the song, personally. I think it's a very ethereal, slowed down variation of the Fuegos, the replays, the El Diablo's that we've been getting. And I agree with you, Mike, the difficulty is going to be in the staging, because how do you make something that ethereal and that mid-tempo? How do you make that catch an audience's attention for three minutes? Because even with the video, it looked like a lookbook from an editorial. It didn't look like a music video. It didn't present anything. So I, I too am worried about the staging, but I personally love the song. Hopefully it does well.
1: Yeah, and like, I also love the song when I'm listening to it. But the second it ends, it just sort of leaves my head. And I'm glad you said it, Theory Obri, because the word I had in mind was airy. Mm. It's very evocative. It's a great mood. I, I also like that you called it the... Oh, yeah, it is just sort of like a slowed down version of like a Fuego. I feel like we were congratulating Cyprus for, for not sending like another Fuego slash replay clone, because if they had done that, we would have absolutely called them out on it. So like, good on them for like switching up the tempo. But like... I agree that there's nothing really sticky about this one. So any sort of stage visuals is going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting and create something that inspires people to be like, no, I need to see that again on Saturday.
2: I think my main takeaway from Cyprus this year is they really need to do another national final sometime in the near future, ideally mm-hmm. next year, because uh, I think their last one was, I want to say 2016. But in the course of doing that national final, a number of the contestants in it, ended up being future acts. So I I would like them just to kind of like establish a new slate of artists to pull from, but I kind of understand the financial considerations of that as well. Like I think part of the reason that Panic Records is usually the one picking the artist is because they're fronting the money to get these entries out there. So I hope Cyprus considers a shift in strategy. It doesn't have to be a total shift, but uh yeah, it, it just feels like they maybe they're running out of gas.
1: I feel like if 2020 had happened, we would have gotten a different flavor of Cyprus. I'm not sure it's a flavor that would have done well, just because the Sandro song was... A lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and like, it doesn't surprise me that Cyprus sort of went immediately back into going with, with what works for them when the contest returned. We Again, we're noticing a pattern. You can change up the tempo, but we're still being like, oh, but it's like the same six people writing the songs. I like this one when I'm hearing it, but like outside of those three minutes, it just does not stick in my brain or in my rankings.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Another thing that I noticed, I happened to be in Greece when they announced both Cyprus and the Greek entry. The Greek entry is my personal winner currently, but I did notice that they were pouring so much time into both entries and they were like on all of the morning talk shows all the afternoon news shows. And I was just wondering, I was like, well, how can Cyprus really generate their own homegrown talent pool if they're just relying on Greece and also sharing the publicity? And I wonder if that's going to continue to help them due to the geopolitical voting, but I'm not sure for the artist output. It's In the long run, I don't think it will help. Hopefully Cyprus can create their own national final like you said and kind of give us something from cyprus
1: it's interesting this year because greece and cyprus are in the two separate semifinals so i think they don't necessarily have the greek vote if they get to to saturday i absolutely see greece giving this one a lot of points because that's what greece and cyprus do that's just that's just a bingo square yeah. um, <laughs> greece gives cyprus 12 points cyprus gives greece 12 points done but K- that's booing yes like that's like, that's why we joke about the booing, but they're in separate semifinals this year, so they can't necessarily rely on those dedicated points. So I think particularly for Cyprus, it's it's gonna be tricky. On the other hand, like this semifinal is kind of all over the place, and I think like I've done a few rounds of ranking things just to see where I'm at, and like this one is on the bubble for me. The bubble in semifinal two is could just go anyway.
0: Everyone's on the bubble. <laughs> Except for Sweden. Yeah, and
2: and like this is really one of the more upbeat songs in the semifinal, even though it is kind of a very neutral, like, relaxing tone, like, on on the whole, like, it's just like, oh yeah, this is this is more in bop territory than, <laughs> than yes. some of the other entries.
1: Yeah, I, I have like the results of like the the last ranking I did in in another tab, and I just took a look and like, okay, so like the last time I did it, they were they were in the green, but like in other times they've been in the red in terms of what's qualifying versus non qualifying. So again, this is one where I feel like anything can happen. Stupid that's rich. What is coming from you and that's rich? Well, I got nothing to prove.
0: rich. You think I just a big you and that is rich.
2: Bye, bye, boo. bye, bye, boo. bye. bye boo. Next in the lineup is Ireland, and that's rich by Brooke. Brooke finished 3rd on The Voice UK in 2020 and was coached by Megan Trainer. Brooke won Eurosong, uh, which is the selection process uh, that is used on the Late Late Show. Ireland finally brought that back after doing a few years of internal selections with very poor results. She won the public vote at Eurosong. The jury, on the other hand, was not a fan, and I don't know if they were purposely trying to tank her or are just uh, I don't know, oblivious to what Eurovision is like nowadays. But uh, yeah, it led to a very awkward conclusion where they were asking the jury for advice, and they're just like, uh, "Come back to us. We need to we need to rethink this." <laughs> on famous birthdays, uh, our favorite website, she is the number <laughs> seven Aries named Brooke. Can anybody name the other six?
1: I've clicked through and nope, it's just it's just all influencers and YouTube people. I have liked this one since it won. I'm, I'm mostly just wanting Ireland to not get in its own way because they have been blessed by being put in the second semifinal with this one, and they could get through to the final after a long time of not qualifying. On the other hand, I feel like they're still using the same staging from the late show, and I'm getting real concerned about it. My vision for this one is I want the performance to just be sort of like what you imagined is like a stereotypical rich person styling-wise. I want the performance to feel new money expensive. And I'm not sure Ireland is going to do that, especially after going super complicated last year and having that kind of blow up in their face. Brie, what do you think of this
2: one?
0: I agree completely with Ben. Um, I have been uh, telling my my husband that whenever I hear the song, every time I just think, ironically, that's rich, even though the presentation thus far has been very cheap. And that's no slight against Brooke, because Brooke is, has honestly been selling it. Like, her personality has been shining through, and she's been the one pushing the, the fun energy of the song. But like Ben said, they have to step it up. That's rich. Like, I know that it's a play on words, but if they're trying to be literal, since Brooke has the money gun already they need to have like a designer level looking presentation. But the song in itself it's fun. Um I, I do feel that Megan Trainer uh mentor influence from her from uh what I like to call annoyance pop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, yes. That
0: I'm blowing raspberries at boys and na 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 boo boo, you can't have me, that kind of pop. She's selling it very well. It's a really fun song, but yeah, they they have to have some some um and i don't want to curse but they have to have some uh <laughs> they have to step their uh what Lot be like to That's eat what to to they're, they're to okay okay good. I've, been,
1: <laughs> I've been sitting here also trying to not say they need to step their salad up
0: yeah. right yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs>
1: uh, but, but yeah like i typically not into this particular vein of pop but it like it sells the brattiness better than megan Trainor's music generally does for me and like like i i like the vibe like there there is a a trend in pop right now that is sort of playing on that and i think it's really tapping into the moment which good for ireland i feel like they have not been on the same page In a lot of years, and and it sounds like they didn't want to be this year either. Like the fact that this happened is sort of despite their jury.
2: I agree with what both of you are saying, and uh, like particularly with the staging choreography. Yesterday was the Madrid pre-party, and it was the exact same choreography as what Brooke was doing a couple months ago. And I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense, just because like you don't know what size stage these pre-parties are going to be, so like having something that is. In a confined space, it's like okay, yeah, that that is a good plan B to work with. However, I find the choreography kind of claustrophobic. Like Mm -hmm. it just feels like very very tight, and that it was originally designed to take place in an elevator. And I'm really hoping that once they are on the Eurovision stage, like they use that space or like something like just make it less tight i think the thing that i find interesting about brooke is how much trouble seems to just kind of follow her uh throughout this like <laughs> yes. preseason process yes. like i think it was going to the barcelona pre-party she lost her passport and was posting videos on instagram while she was in passport control
1: Showing passport control, like the video.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's just like you're you're hearing that's rich on like on her iPhone as, as they're like, <laughs> looking at it very sternly. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, that's the right vibe. But yeah, and then she got into a scrape with the Roop over the weekend. She's going to be performing at a gay bar in Ireland called Kremlin, which is like ironically named. But the Roop didn't know that. <laughs> and, Kremlin is
1: just like, she's pro-Russia.
2: Yeah, yeah. And she's not. She's not. The bar is like took that name as a protest against Russia's LGBT policies. And yeah, so it, it's, I'm, I'm very eager to see what her Turin experience is going to be like, because I think she also has the potential to be like the bestie uh, among the contestants. Like there always seems to be a contestant each year who's like, oh, they're going to be best friends with everybody. And they're probably going to latch onto someone specifically. Like I'm thinking of Back in 2016, Sonia from Serbia and Hovi from Israel just being like absolute BFFs from the jump. And I can see like Brooke and Sheldon like getting together and just uh, causing all sorts of chaos and hopeful that's going to happen. Yeah, just like
1: given her string of luck, I'm just delighted to see like what kind of chaos Brooke creates in Turin.
2: Oh, and her and Renella.
1: Oh man! Could you oh man, yeah, get, get so, those two together. Two AM <laughs> in the club.
2: Renella is such a party.
0: I've loved seeing her and Chanel and uh, WRS. I've loved seeing their blossoming friendship too. So yeah, Turin's gonna be a party.
1: The other friendship I have loved seeing is the Chanel subwoofer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I forget whether it's Jim or Keith that can do the the full slow mo dance really well, but like it's just <laughs> it's it's great. It's great.
2: Yeah, so do we think Ireland's going to qualify
0: in the second semi? Yes.
1: It's like right in the solid contention area for me. Assuming they don't completely step on their, their feet and like Brooke doesn't do something to completely curse the arena. Mm-hmm. Which again, we we have seen trouble seems to follow her, but like it like this feels this feels like the strongest Irish entry in years and I feel like I said that last year before I saw the complicated staging. Mm-hmm. But like they're they're on the right track with what they're sending lately and I, I would love for them to get back in the game with this one if only to, to continue encouraging Ireland to look at what's working in the moment instead of what they think Eurovision is you don't want Directly following Brooke is North Macedonia's entry this year, Andrea, and Circles. She was the winner of Za Evrosong 2022, North Macedonia's online selection this year. Uh, she developed her love for music while living in New York and cites Lauren Hill and Haley Williams as influences. She is not on famous birthdays, which, f- fair, I feel like there are a lot of people with that name. Yeah, she is very difficult to Google. Yes, uh. <laughs> yes. she is. This, is, this is not a Googleable name. Uh, Brie, what are your thoughts on this one?
0: Um, I'm not a fan. The song is very dated to me. It has a very early 2000s kind of basic drum beat, and the lyrics are are basic poetry that like you would write after your your first heartbreak or your first difficult relationship it's it's forgettable to me personally and it's unfortunate because andrea uh, seems really cool so so yeah um north macedonia i don't i don't know what they're doing i was a fan of vassal's first entry in 2020 but 2021 when i wasn't a fan of and then they had tamara in 2019 so i don't know what north macedonia is doing but yeah i'm not a i'm not a fan of this pattern
2: yeah, I I don't know where I'm sitting with this one because it really does feel like it's a continuation of what Vassal was doing last year, where it's uh, a very meandering song, but it's very heartfelt. So like, I don't want to be too harsh on it <laughs> uh, just because it's just like, oh no, this this is this is their baby. Reading that she cites Lauryn Hill and uh, Haley Williams as influences, I can absolutely hear that in this track. Like in the second verse, it's very reminiscent. I, like I was trying to figure out which track from *Miseducation* of Lauryn Hill it was reminding me of. There's just like this one interval. Where it's like, oh, that that is the same pacing as like one line from something that's in the back half of the album. But I just I can't I can't pull it at the at the moment. But. I agree. Like lyrically, it's not the most interesting. I think the revamp did a good job of fixing some of the early problems, but I don't think it fixed all of the problems. Like I think the, the, the lyrics are the lyrics, and that's where we're at. Um, although I do love the way she just screams out "crazy" at the <laughs> like right <laughs> before the end of the song. So I'm hoping that that leads to some very awesome memes uh, as, as we get into the the depths of Eurovision season. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: I like her as a performer. I like her energy. You picked up on the Lauren Hill, and me seeing the Haley so Like I totally see the paramour in in how this song is constructed, but it's also just really one note, and that note is anger. And it's like it's appropriate. It's called circles because it kind of just wanders around the same kind of loop over and over. It just it doesn't go anywhere. Memorable. And, like, I could see her giving, like, a very dynamic performance of this, but still, like, I'm I'm not expecting a lot from the staging. Especially because this one's, like, right in the thick of the lineup. I'm just wondering, like, what it needs to do to be sticky at all, and I'm not sure that North Macedonia necessarily wants to.
2: Yeah, stickiness is just not their strong suit, so, Mm -hmm. hmm.
1: No, and, like, I I liked what they did with, with Tamara and Proud. And then Vossel was not for me, but I respected what he was doing, although last year's song was just kind of a, a lot, just like going in a lot of different directions and not really kind of focused. And this is kind of in a similar place, as we've discussed.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a more toned-down version of uh, Armenia's 2019 entry, Walking Out by Sir Book.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: It's very, like, low-key and kind of low-scale, like, that. it has that same, like, anger, or that angry energy to it so maybe they could give it a bunch of steam and and kind of uh, a little bit of pyro, like they kind of did with that performance even though that didn't qualify but and you know maybe that could zhuzh it up just a little bit but yeah sorry north macedonia
1: yeah it feels like it's one or two drafts away from being like the final song but this is what they've submitted
0: that's exactly it. it it feels incomplete
1: yeah somebody needs to come in and go okay so like this is some great emotion here. How can we push this further? I wonder if North Macedonia does the songwriting camps.
2: I feel like the artists that they pick are – they pick interesting people. I, I just think they need a little bit more help in the actual songwriting
1: department. It feels like, yeah, it feels like they're kind of lacking in in the songwriting side of things. On the other hand, I don't want them to like immediately just go talk to Sweden and be like, Hi, we need a song. I feel like that's the the go to reaction for nations. It's like, oh, okay, we're picking dynamic performers that we need better material. Okay, hi Sweden, what what didn't make Melfest this year? And that's not what I want. No. What would Andrea's version of of I am what I am be? <laughs> Ooh, now there's a polar opposite for you.
0: Right.
2: Any other thoughts on North Macedonia?
0: Oh um, no, I think we've dragged it enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: closing out this section of the second semifinal is estonia's stefan and his song hope stefan won istilal uh and this was his fourth appearance in the competition uh he reached the superfinal in his first two attempts so uh yeah pretty good track record all things considered uh like his predecessor uku saviste he was named sexiest man of the year by an estonian magazine uh, he is not on famous birthdays, but he did win the first season of Estonia's version of The Masked Singer as Aries, which is kind of funny because he is a Capricorn.
1: I'm wondering if I'm just sort of hitting burnout on country at at both uh, Eurovision and the American Song Contest, because like this one is just kind of doing nothing for me. Like it's it's nice and it's there and. I have friends online who have done their rankings of all the Eurovision entries this year, even though they're not necessarily Eurovision people. And a couple of them have this in like their top 10.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: I I get it. He is attractive. But the song is the song is just there. Like it's it's kind of doing like I, I like that we're getting spaghetti Western when Italy is hosting. When I listen to country, I tend to look for like the more folky alt country stuff or like what Orville Peck is doing right now. And this is just fine. It's there.
2: Now, when you say uh, the top 10, top 10 for the semifinal or top 10 overall?
1: I think top 10, like they're just sort of listening to everything. They're not really paying attention to what, what semifinals are. So they're they're just taking like all 40 songs. Huh? Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, Not to tip my hand. uh, (laughs) Bree, what what, what, what do you think of this one?
0: (laughs) Um, I'm with Ben on this one. It's okay. Uh, We've heard it before. And again, the Spaghetti Western, I was actually going to bring that up because it, It reminds me of the exact stereotype that a lot of Europeans have of Americans that we're all just cowboys. Which, honestly, is fair. I get it. It really doesn't move me, I guess, because we've heard it before and we've heard so many variations of it. However, I will say that the production on it is very clean and it's a very, very sharp production. Like, musically, it sounds great, but it's a genre that I'm over. So, it might qualify... I mean, thankfully, it is in the second semifinal, which seems to be working in the favor of a lot of a lot of entries in this se- semifinal. But yeah, it, it's OK.
2: Yeah, I find this one so incredibly dull. And I think I think it is just because like we've seen this before from Estonia for like the last several years, like not not just songs that qualified, like I'm thinking of um, like Victor Crone, but uh, like just the Ischilal lineup it was was a lot of this. And, like, I just think the lyrics are word salad. The instrumentation is Avicii cosplay. Like, it, it's just so middle of the road. But middle of the road in the semifinal still puts you in ninth or tenth place. So, mm-hmm. like, that that could be good enough. And middle of the road in the grand final. Like, if this finished in 15th place... I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I mean, it's a problem for me because it's like, eh, couldn't, couldn't we do something else? This is pH 7. This is pure water. Like this is the beige that you
1: paint your apartment when you are moving out. <laughs> True neutral on the D&D alignment chart. It's just, exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I had not thought about the fact that like Estonia just seems to be in this kind of mood just because like Victor Crone. Yeah, just Victor Crone. Victor Crown, yeah. this this <laughs> sounds like this sounds like heroes. Kind of, is yeah, and, and like it's it's a vici core. It's doing nothing. It's doing nothing.
0: Come on, Estonia, give us nothing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would say like Estonia
2: needs to like find some new talent, but it is a very small country. So the forty artists that they had this year is like, well, these are our forty artists. What do you want us to do? We have to shuffle <laughs> them up in like how many different
1: ways? So let Yuri Pootsman yeah. win again. He keeps sending interesting stuff.
2: Yeah, that is true.
1: Stop trying to be a cowboy, Estonia. All
2: right. Any other thoughts on Estonia or
1: or are we done dragging that as well?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's dusty.
0: It's as dusty as the video. So, yeah, I think we're done.
2: <laughs> this is a really weird set for me. Like I'm yeah. not really enthusiastic about any of these. Like there are still highs and lows, but I would not be all that surprised if none of these advanced, but uh yeah, is that, wait. Yeah, that is mathematically possible for that. Yeah, happen. yeah, it's possible.
1: Yeah. yeah, like this. This is like a weirdly baggy middle section of the of the semifinal, and admittedly, the semifinal is chaos. So again, mm. anything anything can happen. So many of these are on the bubble for me. Of these, I think the one I feel strongest about is I would like Brooke to go through.
2: Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Like I, I would say Brooke Cypress, I think I would like that to go through. Just be like, huh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if it doesn't make it through, I don't think I'll be all that heartbroken.
1: I feel like with all of these in this section, like I feel like my my general reaction is like, hey, I, as I can see, like a clear path for them going through. I can also see a clear path for them not qualifying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, and it honestly all depends on staging for each entry. It could make or break them.
2: I and I think that is the good thing about this set is there is a lot of interesting staging potential for most of these songs. Mm -hmm. well on that note uh (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: well brief thank you so much for for joining us again and and chatting about the entries
0: thank you all for having me it's always fun chatting with you guys thank you
1: so much
2: uh is there any, any uh anywhere that you would like to point our listeners to
0: sure yeah you can follow me at she's so offbeat um i'm pretty sure that mike and ben will put that in the show notes but yeah you can follow me there and we can make some shade queen comments together about your vision i'm Excellent. all for it
1: <laughs> so aside from these six entries we discussed today anybody else that you are rooting for
0: i am actively rooting for greece however um i do think if greece doesn't win it's going to be a sad girl season anyway so uh it'll either be sweden or the netherlands right behind so those are my my top three that I, I still can't really decide who I want to win. But Greece is the front runner.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, it
2: is definitely one of those years where it's just like, well, it's raining today, so this one's going to be the one right. I to yes. win. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Exactly.
0: I'm like, hmm, how sad am I today? <laughs> I think <laughs> Netherlands sad. I think I, I need some... Yeah. The <laughs> Netherlands
1: sad or Sweden sad? <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the year or what? Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith, that's me, and Mike McComb.
2: That's me. You can follow the Euro What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. Show notes and links to our Eurovision 2022 review series are in the description of this episode and on our website at EuroWhat.com.
1: Over on our Patreon, we're just asking questions in our bonus podcast about the American Song Contest. Check it out at patreon.com slash EuroWhat. If you'd like to ask us questions, we're at EuroWhat on Twitter.
2: Next time on the Euro What, Ned Raggett returns to finish out our coverage of Eurovision's second semifinal.